I'm, I'm, I'm convinced this show will never die as long as lockdown maintains. It's powered by lockdown, isn't it? It is. This show is powered no. by lockdown. It actually is. Like, it's alcohol me. and sadness is what it's powered by. <laughs> we're, on a, we're on a fucking roll here, boys. Ep 20 of, uh, of the away end. First one of 2021. And yeah, boys are still in lockdown. What are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we started this, me and Jimbo in lockdown, and now we've had ups and downs all the way through it, and now we're back in it. Jimbo, give us a shout down in London. You all right, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Happy mm. New Year. Happy, well, New Year. I don't New know year. how happy it is, yeah, but you know. AB, give us a shout, mate, over in uh, over in Didsbury. Oh, mate, you're all right. Ah, not too bad, you know, just cracking on, getting through it. I was amazed at how little, like, how little him announcing a lockdown yesterday affected us now because it's the th- it's the third time he's done it. So you just he's yeah. just more off a dog's back now, isn't it? <laughs> just like oh, another one of them. All right, it's just mental. Anyway, what we are glad about is the Premier League are telling us that they aren't going to cancel elite sport. So I mean, selfishly, I'm quite happy about that. I know that's not the greatest thing, but you know, I think I think we need to rock on, don't we? Everton versus West Ham first game. Last uh, on Friday, 1 0 at West Ham. <laughs> Our mate uh, Holsgrove listens every week. And ever since this season started, I, I don't know what's going on with West Ham boys. Like, like it just seems like they're just a different team over nothing. I don't understand. I'm, what do you think? I'm just confused, <laughs> to be honest, about them. I really am. I don't understand how Moisey's got these players doing things that they are somehow. I think I think that like because of his spell at United and his like his travel since, I think David Moyes has become like a mad bit of figure of fun, you know, because of how badly he fucked it at United and then he went off to Sunderland and whatever. But I, I think we are forgetting that he was a decent manager at Everton for ten years. Yeah, and then, and he got and he got a. Not a great squad, always always in and around the Euro- the Europa League spots. So I think it's sort of it's sort of leveling out. I don't know how he's doing it with this West Ham though, because their squad is just a bit odd, isn't it? He's got them two Czech fucking units though. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're he's definitely gotten playing better than they were a year ago. I think if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be pretty happy overall with how things are going. Much better overall progress. You're going on about the absolute units in midfield, Baker. No, it's just he's got um was it Suchek and Kufel, these two like check units. And and to a certain extent, Declan Rice, like just absolute just dickheads in the middle, just just, I'd, oh, mate, I, you know what? I'd, I'm actually pretty happy for him because I know Jimbo might not be the biggest West Ham fan, but they've been they've been up and down, aren't they, for the past couple of seasons? And I'm semi happy about it. I'll be honest. Out of all the London clubs, I'm I'm happy to see them doing the best. Not the best, but the the most improved potentially. It's the least offensive to my ears. Least offensive than Fulham. <laughs> Fulham can't offend anyone. Yeah, that's true. Their fucking stadium's got a cottage in it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, we said we weren't going to spend too long on this. Legitimately, do we think West Ham have a chance of Europe? Don't break Alex's heart, Alex Holsgrove's heart, and tell him they don't. No, they don't. Jimbo, you're shaking your head, yeah? (laughs) Baker, what do you think? Uh, I don't think they will, but I think they'll push it All right, right, on to the next one. United (laughs) versus Villa. And I'm waiting for the absolute barrage from you boys. 2-1 oh, yeah, United. No, no, actually, before you start, before you start, yeah. It was a penalty which which Bruno Fernandez scored and Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before you start, before you start, before you start, me and you had a very long conversation about whether this was a penalty or not. Yeah. And it got a little bit tasty, yeah. 
Baker, did you think this was a penalty? I did. Did you? Yeah. Oh, mate. I think it was. It's just. I think it was just a stupid thing. To, especially just after soft? you scored, it was so soft. soft. It was soft, but it's just. It's a stupid challenge to make. I thought. But Jimbo's reasoning behind it, I don't know if you, anyone who's listening, I don't know if you've heard it, uh, if you've seen it, sorry. Uh, Pogba, he does trip up his own feet, I'll be honest. However, the contact is, there is contact with his arm, definitely, I thought. Mm. But it was soft. I'll admit it's soft. Definitely soft. But I thought it was a pen, personally. Jimbo, you want to defend your, your, your honour, your opinion? Uh yeah, I mean, I Mate, felt put, put like... that tweet, put that um that video which you found on Twitter up, on Instagram later or on Twitter, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. see see what people think because it is contentious. I agree, I do agree. But go on, mate, mm. finish off that wine. Sorry, just swallowing my wine, professional. <laughs> um, I felt like the I can't remember who the player who committed the foul was, but I felt like he was putting on a good amount of pressure on on um, on Pogba. And I felt like Pogba tripped over the back of his own leg. Because the pressure was on him, Pogba's left leg moved towards his right leg, which then caused him to trip over. He was holding his arm, but then Pogba had his arm across him. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's six or one and a half a dozen of the other, isn't it, really? It's semantics, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's such yeah. little nuances. And like we said, and I, Baker, I don't know if you were a rat nat. Maybe you were. When me and Ashley B first talked about uh, VAR, it, when we are in work when the World Cup um, came in, we said this kind of stuff is so, it's so minute and it's just an opinion of the referee. With with cricket, with tennis, you use VAR or their version of VAR to see if it's in or out. But with this, it's a subjective opinion of what each referee believes is enough pressure to give a penalty, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like with um with Hawkeye and the goal lines. That's that's black and white. That's either in or it's not. Yeah. Whereas whereas here you're right. You're, de- you're dealing with degrees of degrees of intent and degrees of certainty that the referee can say. But I mean, I don't know. I, d- I thought you, I thought bringing it back to the game. I did think you were a bit lucky to get away with winning this. So yeah, that's a bit of put on a good show. And I I, I sort of feel like I have to stick up for myself because I called Tyrone Mings a shit house on when I was on last time, and he's at it again. He was out the elbow pole, <laughs> and. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole here because I was sort of I, I went I thought to myself I need, I can't be the only person who thinks this, and I found a whole thread of like things he's done in the past and he stamped on two different people's faces. In it, it was um he stamped on do you remember he stamped on Zlatan when he played for Bournemouth when he was playing for United. Yeah, I I do remember that you know now it was it was at I think it was at their ground one I think I think I, I think do remember that. Old, yeah. I think it was at Old Trafford, but then there's a. Oh, there was this, this geezer called, I think it's Oliveira playing for Reading when he was in the championship. And he... Nelson Oliveira, is it? And he, yeah, and he, and he stamped yeah. his face and he properly fucked his face up. So there oh, you go, I'm an horrible bastard. Fucking hell. I, uh, yeah, mate, I mean, I hadn't seen any of that, but I, now you mention with Zlatan, I do kind of remember it, yeah. To be honest, I think the first time I became, like, kind of aware of him was when he first broke into the England squad. And I think, I can't remember, I can't for the life of me remember what game it was, but I remember him playing at the back and I just remember it being like, he's our weak link, he's not very good, this kid. Whoever he is, I don't think he's very good. But yeah, I think you're right, he's a bit of a shithouse. He just, he just, he's just one of them players who, who just sort of lives for, lives for the confrontation more than the game itself. Yeah. He just, he just he, as soon as the game starts, he just wants to get stuck into someone. 
And sooner or later, that kind of temperament will trip, will trip him up big time. It'll be in a big game at some point where he really fucks himself over on the team, isn't it? Yeah, and if he's but still, I mean, in, if he's still in, a, he's still in and around the England squad come the Euros, I wouldn't feel confident he wouldn't do something fucking mental, especially a game like against Scotland when everyone's sort of fired up for it. Yeah, see him just fucking swinging someone, can't you? Here you go. Here's the burning question. Yeah, how the fuck are you joint top, Daniel? Madness. Anyone who can't see it, it's rock and roll, baby. It's rock and roll. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I genuinely, how the fuck are Man United? Like you put here, one eight in ten. How? How? Some of them games. The the one which really springs to mind is that West Ham game when the whole first half we were beyond. Put like we were just abysmal. I remember coming on this and literally just tearing into players, and we still managed to win. And now we, I mean, I do agree. I think Villa they probably does it did deserve a draw. To be fair, it was probably inexperienced a little bit of giving away that penalty, like you said, Baker. But I do think I, I'm unsure as to how the fuck we find ourselves in this position. But I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to downplay it. I'm not going to say I'm, I'm very happy. Very happy, boys. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you were 2-0 down against Southampton as well. You were absolute... No, actually, yeah. ...against them. And, and the same with, against Everton as well. You're pulling it out, and I don't know how. It's like it's like violating the rules of physics, but whatever. More power to you, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, each week... Like, last week I came on and just said, I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm not to not to mention the other game, which was in midweek, but we kind of just stole it, Fergie style at the end, ninetieth minute or whatever it was. Rashi deflected shot. I mean, it all does seem to be kind of going our way. And like Jimbo said in the chat uh, last week, uh, no, earlier this week, wasn't it? Um, that seventeenth of Jan, that game is uh, that Liverpool game is. Uh, it's I think we will get tastier, tasty. Mate. I think we'll get tasted, but it is looking tasty. Yeah, man. Onto onto your boys, Jimbo. Yeah. Tottenham, yeah. Tottenham, uh, Tottenham leads three 0 and pretty convincing from what I'd seen on the highlights and the little bit which I saw at the end. Yeah, I think before even we even get into it, I think we just we needed this. Like we'd had a run of three or four pretty poor games, and like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think the next few games will really kind of like you know. Uh, determine how the fan base feels about Mourinho and the style of football we play but I mean as Baker said here in the notes like, I don't feel like we really got out of third gear like it wasn't a Mourinho masterclass it was more that Leeds just played how Leeds played and, and that was so obvious from the start and we knew what we needed to do to beat them I think that's the good thing about Leeds if you have the quality to like contain them and break on them like we do then you'll you'll put so many goals past them one thing i did pick up on from this game is just what a fucking raging hard on all commentators have got for Leeds like <laughs> if i have to i have to hear one more time <laughs> Leeds are so fun to watch when they've given the ball away about 30 fucking times in the last 20 minutes and they're 3-0 down like, no one's giving us any credit for fucking being 3-0 up. It's all, oh, Leeds are so fun to watch. They're such a good attacking football team. Oh, Leeds. I mean, it's pretty, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty funny watching them watching them play against you guys on, on, um, on Saturday. Mostly because 
They have, they have, they have that, what they're right about Luke Hayden at centre back. I've never seen one player give the ball away so many times. Yeah, to, yeah. But like trying to do the same things, so and he'd get it and like try and step out from defence and try and find someone in midfield, and he fucked it so many times, and they kept on going back to him. Like if if they like if they if they boot it once, Bielsa's going to come on the pitch and beat them up. Like. <laughs> that's what it like. Um, but I mean, it's kind of easy to look at this game and say like, oh well we coasted through it and Leeds weren't great or whatever, but there's not many teams that have beaten Leeds and not conceded. Mm. Like that is, it? that is a very good point actually, Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like Liverpool beat them. What was it? Four, three or something? Four, three. Like, yeah. That that's the first or second game. What was your game, lot? Your six, lot two, beat well, it was. six, two. So like you might beat them by a lot or not a lot, but like you always. And then wait, 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 wait. To Baker, do you want to look? What was, what was your score, mate? Uh, it was five, two, Daniel. <laughs> Oh yeah, I thought it's a five-two Newcastle one, it mate. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I had to get a little dig in on Newcastle before we start, right? I mean, I mean, I go on about this enough, so I'll keep it short. But this is my sort of point about like about how good managers improve players is because Leeds are still working with essentially not a massively quali- not a squad filled with quality. So these players are putting into practice this sort of philosophy that they're just about good enough to do, and they obviously are good at it. And they have improved in the Bielsa. But if he had a proper Premier League quality squad, they'd be much more dangerous than they are. Can you imagine Bielsa at City? Well, exactly, exactly. Well, this is... Do you remember uh, Sam Billington when he was on a couple... Uh, well, a good couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it? But this is exactly what we were saying. Like, he's he's working with mostly players that he just got up from the Championship. A few additions, like Rafinha and someone else. I can't remember who else he said, but... Yeah, fair play to him. I must admit, like he has, um, he, he, yeah, you're right. He, the way the way he plays, like you said, if he was at someone like City, or even you know Chelsea or somewhere like that, Frankie's got a bit of pressure on him, haven't he, at the moment? Oh, they're just so fun to watch. Oh. <laughs> well, Jimbo, you want to you want to fire that uh, little stat across, though, don't you? Kane and Son have yeah. combined for 13 goals a season, more than West Brom, uh, Burnley, and Sheffield United, like. They are somewhat. They are somewhat special, aren't they? I must yeah. admit. Yeah, uh, they're they're what is it top now for uh, goal combinations within a single season, and we're in what January? Did they take? They'll be taking over Perez and uh, Henri now. Yeah. Well, they're all joint. Yeah. I think they're joint top. So, and that was Sonny's hundredth goal for the club as well. So, yeah. the one thing that does bother me before we move on is that um, obviously Son and Kane are scoring all the goals. Every other player that scored has scored one. Under Belle scored two. So, like, if we lose one of them or both of them, God forbid, well, I think we're a bit fucked, to be honest. There was a point in this game, I don't know if you saw it, where they both went down at the same time. There was a good 20 seconds when they were both on the floor holding their knees and their ankles. And, Jesus, my arsehole fell out. (laughs) I mean, I think... I do think a lot of clubs are reliant on certain... United, definitely. City... I mean, it's showing up Liverpool at the moment with Van Dijk, like... Let, you know, obviously they're not scoring, but also like they would have definitely kept clean or almost certainly kept clean sheets in their last three games, wouldn't they? If you had Van Dyke at the back and I think, maybe I think, squeeze out a win. But I think with Liverpool, you could argue that, and this might be a bit of a bit of a hot take, but you could argue that they're missing Jotter a little bit because that front three. Oh, shut up, Daniel. Doing the eyebrows at me. Oh, it's my hot take. I rated him months ago. Breaking, there, breaking, right? breaking news. Daniel rates a good footballer. <laughs> Breaking news, uh, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel talks shit all the time, doesn't he? <laughs> but 
But yeah, I mean, the fact that those front three have played together now for what, three or four years? And Jota was that injection of like fresh energy and creativity and then maybe they're missing him a little bit. I don't know. Pure speculation, of course. Pure, pure speculation, mate. Uh, on to the next one, right, boys? Uh, we won't spend too much time on this one. I mean, let's be fair, boys. Sheffield United are done, aren't they? Crystal Palace yeah. to Sheffield United nil and brown bread, mate. Uh, yeah, absolute brown bread, mate. And it's um, I feel I really feel like sorry and just mostly just a bit sad now that it's that it's got to this because. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, it was it was lovely seeing them the way they were playing, the, the what they were doing in that first season, and now it's yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? I'd love to see a all or nothing Sheffield United fly on the wall dressing room, mate. Mate, oh. <laughs> that would be that would be something to watch. I must admit, yeah. Get, get yourself over to the Sunderland documentary. That's oh, I've seen it. I've watched oh, it. Yeah, yeah. How good is it, man? My shout of Freudian was through the roof, mate. I loved it. I actually, I ended up feeling sorry for him because it's just so pathetic. <laughs> you felt sorry for them as a Newcastle fan. Fucking hell, they must be doing bad. All the fans were like, oh, it's like, it's the only thing that I've got going good in my life. And I was thinking, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's awful. <laughs> you poor <laughs> But yeah, I'd love to know what Chris Wilde is saying in the dressing room at half time and full time. Like, what the fuck? Would you would you stick with him this season or would you would you get rid of him now? I mean, Big Sam's gone, so you can't go that direction. But nah, nah, I keep I keep him at this point. I think at the end of the day, like he's brought them players up. They didn't really add many this season. I think realistically, they've got to, they've got to start planning for next year now. And that like Chris Wilder, I think unless someone is willing to go there, which you wouldn't think, like a semi big name. No offense to Sheffield United or any Sheffield United fans that listen, but. I just don't see them attracting like big managers, do you? No. Nah, no. <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? I think I think they're just gonna end up having to stick with with Wilder, hope that he can, you know, keep the team morale up enough to make another push next season in the championship. And I mean no, I mean Norwich are top of the championship now and they had a similar sort of awful season last year. Yeah. Actually on the subject of Norwich, I ended up watching a bit of uh, EFL at the weekend. Just on quest. By chance. Yeah, on Quest, mate. Love it. And uh, ended up watching a bit of a Norwich game and they look fucking great, mate. They were so they always, good. They always do in the championship, man. Yeah. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mate, how many times have Norwich come up and gone down, man? Like, Baker, it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? They just go up and down, like, every five just, years. Every five years, it's like... They exist, they exist in that, like, that zone between between the divisions. They're too good for one and not good enough for the other. In it, man. A pogo club, in it. Well, I, I, I <laughs> that's a good way of pogo club. I like that. Um, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got a shout out. Um, Eze's goal. It was, it was. I mean, the first time I've seen it, you think it's absolutely amazing, and it is absolutely amazing still. But like one defender, I think it's Ollie Norwood, just sort of gently jogs behind him for like yeah. sixty yards. And it reminds <laughs> me, it reminds me of um, I think it was Peter Reid in that Matt Maradona goal against England. And you're thinking, just, oh. just kick him, kick him, kick yeah. him. Just kick him. He just let it, him was, it was Peter Reed, wasn't it? He was he was doing it after Maradona died. He was doing like some interview with BBC and he just talked about that and he just was like, Yeah, I could just see him getting away. And I, I was thinking exactly the same, like crop him. Just crop him. Just <laughs> just crop him. Just take his legs. It don't matter. Like the thing you're missing though in this equation is that Peter Reed had something to play for. Yeah, true. That's true. True. And um, shout out to Jim. Jim, Jim, you I mean 
you're saying that I was bumming Jota before, but I mean, you were absolutely licking the arse of Eze before we before went Eze to before Palace. Before played in the Premier League, I was on that guy, mate. Yeah, bro. Sign right. me up for like football scout. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> right, next game. Uh, it was a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it, boys. It was a bomb burner. Oh, if anyone if anyone doesn't know what that is, Google it. You'll know what it is. Uh, Brighton Wolves three three. And from my point of view, from from the last game which Wolves played against us, how the fuck did they score three goals? Like they look so shot up front against us. Like they they couldn't hit a barn door. I didn't think like. And so, I mean, yeah, I know one of them was a penalty and, and an own goal, but it was, yeah, it's a crazy game. What do you boys think? I think um, I've, I've, I'm, a bit, I'm, quite, I'm a big fan of uh, Graham Potter. I like, I like sort of way his team plays, but he does make some pretty questionable team selection decisions. Playing Dan Byrne against Adama Traore was an absolute... I mean, I'm not sure what you're, why you're doing that. The guy's, the guy's such a unit, but he's the, sl- he's the slowest thing you've, you've seen on two legs. And uh, it wasn't, it doesn't take like a genius to try to sort of attack him down that side. But I think, yeah, it's just one of them random games because I, you look at this game before and you think this is, this has got one all or one nil written all over it. But neither of them could defend set pieces either, so it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great, wasn't it? I was going to say though, on that point of like Traore, he's been pretty, uh, pretty toothless this season not really like been involved in the goals at all he's gone back, he's, then, gone back he's gone back to his sort of championship way when he was just he'd beat people and have no end product at all yeah mate so so true I remember him when he was playing in the championship when they when they bought Ruben Neves and and Jean Martinio and they had him still and I was like how are these how are these players going to Wolves and then you'd look at him and like I said absolutely zero end product it was um yeah it's poor. Although, one question which you posed in in our in our notes, mate. Like, I think you're right. I think Wolves are quite in danger of, of slipping into that just like mid table mediocrity that they're like just happy if they stay up and they're not going to be pushing unless unless they get like a you know a half decent sign in uh, to replace. Uh, Jimenez, I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be like this for the rest of the season, isn't it? Do you think, Jumbo? Yeah, I think so. I think they're relying too much on uh, Fabio Silva. Is it? Is that his name? Mm. Yeah, kid. Yeah. And who I do think there's there's a good footballer in there. He's just got the body of a twink, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he looks like um, what's his face? Uh, Timothy Chalamet, doesn't he? Like little yeah, tiny, yeah, tiny yeah. little thing. Yeah. But yeah, like there's a good footballer in there. I just think he's a few years away from being that end product and bulking up a bit and you know it's obviously not ideal that they've had to throw him in the mix now but I think he was probably supposed to be him and as his understudy 100% man isn't it? They, they were gonna they were just gonna play him in like league cup games FA cup couple of prem games over the Christmas period probably and just bed him in sort of this season but throw him in the deep end right and um yeah. what do we think I know we've mentioned it a couple of times but like Brighton placed lovely football like Baker said but are they a bit in trouble? Do we think that they might be in that relegation bat- battle at the end of the season? I hope they aren't, but I really do think they might be Baker. What do you think? I just think they just they cannot put teams away for the life of them. They play, they do play really, really nice stuff. And I swear I say it every single week, but every game I've seen them play, they'll be the better team and they'll lose. Yeah. I mean, even back to the United game at the start of the season, that crazy, that crazy game where they lost to the 96th minute on that penalty. Do you remember, Daniel? Yeah. I remember that, mate. <laughs> Do you? Um, <laughs> I, I was just thinking that there's so that, like that sort of stuff sort of aggregates up. So they've probably missed out on so many points already. They just cannot put teams to bed. 
And when Danny Welbeck's the prob- the solution, then I'm not sure they are going to get Well, 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 well. King Welbeck. King Welbeck. King Welbeck, yeah. Um, I, think, I think they're in trouble, but I don't think they'll go down. I think, I think the three teams not. below them are pretty nailed on to go down. Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield, United. I think, like, Fulham, I think Fulham's get out of it, you know? I, mate, I was just going to say that. I think, I no, man, I do think Scotty Parker could pull it around, man. I really do. Scotty P, man. God. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I just, I'd much rather see Fulham go down than Brighton. Yeah, mate, 100%. The way, the way that Graham Potter has got on playing, like me and Jimbo have said quite a few times on this, like they do play lovely football and it is it would be a shame if they went down because I do then think they would probably get rid of like Graham Potter. I, I don't know. He has only come in recently, but I don't know. If I they can... go down as well, Neil Mopay will go to Arsenal and then I'll be forced to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and I quite like him at the moment and that'd be a real shame. Well, on to who you've just mentioned, the unnameables. Um, <laughs> West Brom, nil. Arsenal, four. I mean, I want to focus a, one tiny bit on West Brom. The fuck were you expecting getting Big Salmon? Like, the fuck, man? Like, why, why do you think that it was going to... I mean, yeah, maybe he's been able to do it back in the day or maybe, you know, maybe he, he can pull it around, but Jesus Christ, like, it's... It is dross football, isn't it? It is fucking hard to watch. But I think, I think when you get Big Salmon, you expect him to tighten things up at least. And no, man. If anything, it's gone the other direction. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a weird one. But on this podcast, the past five weeks, I'd say, we have been pretty critical of Arsenal. Not last week. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We weren't that critical. But before, we, we have been pretty critical haven't we let's be honest and Jimbo you were saying mate you you weren't the biggest fan of Kieran Tierney mate I don't know what your beef is with the lad I thought that was a brilliant finish and I actually really do rate him as a left back I honestly do uh what's my beef with Kieran Tierney he plays for Arsenal (laughs) (laughs) thank you for coming to my TED talk (laughs) I mean overall what, what do you think what do you think Jimbo I thought they looked... Yeah, they it looked, looked much like better. It, yeah. I don't know if they're out of the slump. It's two games in a row now. They've won one very difficult game, one not so difficult game. So I think if we get another win under the belt, I'd say they're out of the slump. I don't know who they've got next. We haven't got that written down, have we? But like Baker's put here, to be fair... Crystal like, Palace next. Yeah, Palace, Palace at home. Mm, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tasty game, that is. Because like, they've... I mean, they got a little bit of confidence. Palace, they've... They've not been too bad the past four or five games, have they? Just beating Sheffield United. and um, But yeah, like Baker's put here, six points off fourth. Like, he's crazy this season, isn't it? Like, it's actually nuts. How? I don't know. Baker, I, I, you, just, you just need Newcastle to go on like a three-game winning streak, mate. You'll be four points. You'll be th- three points off uh, top four soon, mate. Hey, we don't do winning streaks. We don't do winning. Most <laughs> well, I think this is the perfect way to... Um, segue into this uh, <laughs> Newcastle versus Leicester on Sunday uh, 2-1 Leicester and from what I'd seen of the highlights Madison's goal was a fucking dream Baker I mean, both, both, I mean all three goals were good mm. I've got to say I've got to say respect to Andy Carroll for um, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I was listening to another podcast today about that and uh, someone put well, someone pointed out that like Andy Carroll at this point, he's only good at set pieces and he can't do literally anything else. And you have to wheel him into place like a fucking siege tower. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
Because <laughs> he's, so, he's so unbelievably proud. But, um, I mean, I don't think, are, are any, is anyone surprised by this result? Leicester are good. They're a vibrant, attacking, quick team. And we defend as deep as we can. Although, weirdly, I think Brucey just told them to push on for this game. Because Vardy yeah. got in behind so many times. And like it doesn't again, it's the same with Graham Potter. It doesn't take a genius to know that Vardy's known for being, you know, quick. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not sort of I'm not too depressed about it because I kind of saw it coming and we got a point off Liverpool, so that's all I can say really. Still dining out on that point, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I will be. <laughs> I mean highlight of our season. <laughs> I think I think Baker's hundred percent hit the nail on the head in terms of Brucey, like, come on, man. Like, you know what they're going to do. You know what Brendan Rodgers has got them set up to do. Like, how are you playing the way you did? Like you said, defending so deeply, just letting them come on to you. Like, you're asking for trouble, aren't you? But that's that's that that's just sort of how we do things these days. Like, we we don't really we don't really fit around opposition as much as we we just go as defensive as possible. And just hope that the other team gets so frustrated that we can sort of nick a goal here and there. Works and think, for us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, but when it, you've got Kane and Son to put them in, that's yeah. fine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kane's, Kane's no Andy Carroll, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the fact that like, that's his first goal in 10 years for us, I'm like, that must, that's a pretty... I remember when, when, he, came, when he first came through and he was the new big hope, man. If he, if he hadn't gone to Liverpool, he would, he'd be an absolute hero. He was so good. He's so good when he first came up. Yeah. But I, this is me dining out on 10 years ago. <laughs> to, to be fair, though, mate, I do remember he was sick. It, mate... I remember it was one of the first games which we had signed De Gea. It was about four or five months into the season. And Andy Carroll absolutely bullied David De Gea the entire game. Literally every single ball that was put in, De Gea was like sort of half going for every single ball. And Carroll had his heart on his sleeve every single cross that came in. And... He put in the putting his body on the line for the team, and yeah, I mean, he he was he was mad, wasn't he, back in the day? He had he had six months of being he, he was almost unplayable because he was just it's when he when he when he wasn't perpetually injured as well. He was just such like I don't think Premier League very friendly defenses were ready for someone like that. And um, I remember my uh, the reason I support Newcastle. I think I mentioned it a while ago is because my uh, my uncle went up went up there to live, and his son his birthday's in January. And his, my, my uncle bought him a Andy Carroll number nine shirt on January the 28th. And then he left the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that is one hell of a story. He ruined, he, ruined, he ruined poor Johnny's birthday. He reminds me a bit of a shit English Zlatan. <laughs> I... Take that, mate. Take that to the bank and if cash grew, that, mate. If he grew a little goatee and put on a Swedish accent, he'd be all right when he talked in the third person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can't yeah. really... He's got nothing to back it up, though, really, does he? he can point no, to that's what I mean. He's shit, mate. He can point to his league cup he won with Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, I do rate but, him, though, for like coming on, like you say, wheeling him, wheeling him into position and just saying, get your bean on that. It's a great, it's a great plan B. We haven't used it much this season. I'm not sure why. Because his legs have evaporated. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's made of sawdust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to go back to what Baker was saying, back when he first came up, honestly, it was like 
It was like when he was going up for crosses, man, it was literally like a fucking plane taking off. The guy was so big. It was just like out of the way, getting my head on that, no matter what. I remember um, sitting in, sitting in the U- University Bar in Manchester watching us play Arsenal away. And I think they had Chesney in goal when he was like a little twink. He was like 18. And uh, Joey Barton just hoofed a free kick about three miles into the air. <laughs> And Andy Carroll ran through it and he left about six people on the floor and got, <laughs> nut, and got his nut to it. And it was fucking, it was perfection. Right, this stop this Andy Sorry, Carroll yeah. wank fest and on to the next one, yeah? <laughs> I mean, it's not, um, that's the thing. there's nothing good to talk about Newcastle in the present. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> no, very true, mate. Very true. Um, but, um, Chelsea City. Um, on to the next one Chelsea versus City and uh, I think I think I maybe am directly quoting Gary Neville and I don't want to do that too often but I think this is probably the best 45 minutes I've seen a team play this season in terms of consistency and just completely just blowing away a team like 3-1 City if anyone hadn't seen it but it was just they just looked another calibre in and the first five, ten minutes, Chelsea looked pretty good. And in that in after that, the 35 minutes in that first half, it was just unplayable. What do you think, Baker? No, I agree. I completely agree. They were scary. They were, they were yeah. very scary. And they're taking they're taking a long time to get going this season. And I think they've been the thing is they were they weren't even playing. They didn't have the full the full squad here in this game because they're missing people through um through self-isolation and they just they finally seem to sort of clicked on something that works and it's interesting again that he's gone back to his um his false nine roots Guardiola hasn't he and um yeah. I mean they no like he that. did he did he, he when because we're talking on uh, the, the, the I don't know if anyone listens to it the Gary Neville podcast apparently he's, it's now a thing um he uh yeah he was saying that like obviously yeah he's he, he started De Bruyne up front which was they were trying to work out the formation during um during the first sort of 10 minutes in commentary and it was well, that's, it the thing, that's, the, that's the thing isn't it because if the commentators are trying to work out the formation what are the opposition trying to do yeah 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 if you've got, someone... if you've got if you like they've got someone like Aguero on the bench who kind of I think like sort of ruins Guardiola's plans by being so good that he can't not play false nines all the time but I think I think yeah, all the goals are really good as well. Yeah, I was going to say obviously Gundogan's, uh, as you put it, Gundogan's turn of shot was great. Can you, one of you explain to me like what position he plays? I know, right? It's like I just read he's a midfielder, but he's not an attacking midfielder, and he's always seems to be having cracks. Mate, he is he is literally like the epitome of CM central midfielder. Like he just he box to box in it. It is a weird one. I must admit, I thought that a couple of times. Like he, you, you wouldn't want to play him in replacement of like a Rodri or like a Fernandinho, who's going to be like a holding midfielder, but also in that you wouldn't want to play him instead of like, I don't know, De Bruyne or, or like David Silva last season. Like you wouldn't want to put him in that position. I don't know. He's well, he played, weird, isn't it? He played more, def- at Dortmund he was more defensive because he played under Klopp and now the Klopp's formation yeah. hasn't changed that much. And he was in the middle of that 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 formation. I think because when he went when he went to Man City, I think Guardiola got his mitts on him and said, "Right, you need to start thinking further forward." And then he's just sort of become this like jack of all trades, isn't he? I do rate him. I think he's fucking yeah. sick. No, I agree, Jimbo. I think I I think the at the start because he was quite injury prone at Dortmund, wasn't he as well? And when he came to City, he had a few little spells which he was out and stuff. But 
yeah, man, I rate him. I do. I think he is really, really good. Banging goals, man. I was like, oh, who's this Gundogan kid? Where's he come from? <laughs> right. So on to the next important no, thing. No, 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 no. I'm still staying on this game. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Lampard. What do we think, boys? Is like like Baker's posed this question. Has he been found out? What do we think? It's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm just loving the fat Frank memes that are going around online. <laughs> put on it mate <laughs> listen to this Baker's put here like he said they could have gone top on the 12th of December if he beat Everton and now the 8th like does seem like a big drop off and uh, they were saying that they haven't beaten any of the top 8 this season currently so like yeah. is it is it bedding players in is it Werner is it Havertz is it you know hey, Ziyech and stuff by bedding in or I've said this since the start of the season I was like this is not Chelsea's season Chelsea's season is next season. When these players are bedded in, they know the system, hopefully they have the same manager that they can play under and they know that they know how he wants them to play. I've always he might said, have a pre-season as well. I've always said, Chelsea will do all right this year, but they won't, they won't, they won't be challenging or, or, or winning out. Like It'll be next season that you should watch out for them, I think. But I think I don't. I don't think Abramovich is known for that kind of forward planning, though, is he? No, it? no, no. no. <laughs> Success now or... Get the fuck out! Yeah, Although, I saw that. I saw that Lampard's had the average, uh, lowest average points total out of any manager under Roman Abramovich. He got he he had himself a free swing last year with the transfer ban. Yeah, I think, I think his, his excuse his excuse now, and I say I, I say it as an excuse, but it's probably it's definitely true. It's like betting in this many new players probably is hard, but I don't, he doesn't have the luxury of time to sort of tinker with things until it works. And the players that he has brought in, some of them look, some of them look like really low on confidence. I think like Havertz yeah. looks bereft of confidence. Werner's Werner started missing sitters. And you start to think is is Lampard capable of actually getting these like turning them around? I was reading some analysis on Havertz and why he's maybe not as been as effective as he was in the Bundesliga, and the fact that he played that they're 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 attacking players in certain uh, positions and formations. Their attack is so congested. Like he, he basically, because in the Bundesliga, he played with a very defensive right back behind him. And now he plays with James behind him, who's a very attacking right back or, or right wing back or whatever you want to call him. And now that forces him to move into the middle a bit. So he's basically playing off the shoulder of like whoever's coming up the middle. And I don't think that's his preferred position. However, that, that, that athletic okay. subscriptions really come in handy for you, aren't oh, they, Jim? Mate, just inject <laughs> it into my mate. <laughs> it's great. Um, but like, I don't know. Having said that, a player of that quality and that cost you that much should be able to adapt their game into such a, such a small tweak. Like, it's not an excuse. I think my thing is that like he was doing better last season when he was playing the youths. Like, yeah. which is interesting because. I try and put myself in the mindset of like Hudson Adoy or, you know, one of these other lads who's come up through the academy, one of these youth players, and you're playing under Frank Lampard, who's who's a Chelsea legend. If you come from the Bundesliga, obviously Lampard's still a legend, but he's not your legend. Mm. You're not like a lot of those youth players will be going out there and being like, I need to impress this guy. He's like one of the best players that's ever come through this club. Like I need to play for the shirt and play for the badge and impress Frank. Because I don't know if there's that same sort of energy around bringing in, you know, these big names. I think, you're, I think you're going to, no, I think you could have hit the nail on the head with, with that, mate. Definitely. Like in terms of uh, 
energy and motivation behind playing for the club, definitely. Baker, what do you think? I think in Havertz's case as well, I think he was, I don't want to say big fish in a small pond because Leverkusen aren't a, aren't a small club, but he was the he was the absolute main like ding dong big cheese of that like of that forward line, and I think now he's come in at the same time as Werner from the same country as Werner. There's, there's already there's already sort of getting a, like who is the focal point of this attack? Who's going to be? Who am I playing off? And I think yeah, and I think Lampard he's got he I think he'll he'll have more time because he's Frank Lampard. But I don't I think if he keeps on if he keeps on it as it is, I don't think he'll last the season though. You don't think he'll last a season, really? Yeah. No, I think they'll 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 pull the trigger at some point. And I mean, annoy. And then the thing is, people like Thomas Tuchel is floating around now. Mm, yeah. Who was a be, German a German yeah, coach yeah. who's really really good. And so he they probably think, oh, they've got like you know put two and two together. And Abramovich yeah. has got money for fucking forever, hasn't he? So. To be fair, I hadn't actually put two and two together and thought of Tuchel. I must admit, yeah. And Abramovich is probably thinking like, well. Yeah, like you said, he's German-speaking, he's German-native, he's more likely to get the best out of them players if, if he does well go. My opinion would be, give him a chance, come on. like he, And also, with being a club legend, now he is. like Because our United are sort of in a, a similar situation. I do feel like if United got rid of Oli straight away after giving him all the money that he's had and stuff, I, I, how, how much Frank's had, I mean, like... I, mm. It's a hard one, I think, with with Lampard, but yeah. I don't know. I'd, 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 I'd like to think that he wouldn't go before the end of the season, but who the fuck knows, right? Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want. I don't want him to be fired because I think I think coaches or coaches often deserve time. Mm. But um, I don't think that I don't think Abramovich can risk having a season of of, of like complete mediocrity. The last the last time they had a season as bad as this in the league, they won the Champions League, didn't they? Because they finished yeah. it that year. Yeah. True. So, I mean, unless he, unless Lampard pulls out of the bag, which I don't think he will. I can't see that. I feel like Abramovich is the sort of guy that'll go out and buy a Bentley, and if it doesn't go fast, he'll just go and buy another Bentley. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's so much money that it becomes, it becomes meaningless, isn't it? Um, for anyone who doesn't know, we normally record this podcast on a Monday, uh, but this week, because I'm a dickhead and I'm a busy bastard at work, we're recording on a Tuesday. So we actually get a little extra uh, game from us, from the, and a, quite a good game to be fair. I only saw the highlights, but um, Liverpool won, Southampton nil. Uh, sorry, Southampton won, Liverpool nil. <laughs> sorry. Danny Ings, lovely, lovely chipped goal. Jimbo, what are you saying, mate? Do you think it was a shot? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I want to say it was. I want to say it was. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I, I actually really enjoyed watching this because, I mean, I enjoy watching Liverpool not win, but <laughs> I think Southampton looked really good. Like, they did well at both ends of the pitch. Like, the majority of the second half, to be honest, they it was really a lot of last-ditch defending, throwing bodies at stuff. But well, doing it well, they never looked too panicked. They limited Liverpool to one shot on goal, I think, all game, which is is pretty much unheard of. But then in the last five, maybe ten minutes of the game, they really had Liverpool penned in for quite a, quite a, a few spells, um, and I was quite impressed by that. I also loved watching Hassan Hootel just on his knees crying at the end. I thought that was such a lovely a lovely thing. I didn't realise that him and Klopp um, they both got their coaching badges together. And obviously took different paths up mm. to the where they are now. But I thought that was quite a nice story. But 
And I loved it when he was crying in the post-match interview and they asked him about it and he was like, oh, no, it's the wind, it's the wind, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was great, great game. Good to see uh, good to see Southampton get the three points. It's opening, opening it up nicely. I mean, yeah. no, I cannot, I cannot predict this season for the life of me. I think it's, the sh- it's a sh- it's a shallow league, mate. That's what I'm calling it. Shallow league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm not sticking my neck out yet to call this one. I've got no idea. No, I have. I have actually got no idea at all. The way teams have been playing, in terms of like, oh, I'll have, we'll stick four decent games together, and then we'll get, we'll put three draws after that, and maybe a loss, and then we'll go on another good run. Like, no one's been great this season at all. Yeah. Especially, especially the sort of the established, the established top clubs have been so hit and miss. Although, again, again, saying that, in my mind, United have been shit the entire time, and that's somehow like, <laughs> it's off. I will say, I'll just on Spurs for a sec. The only way we'll ever win the league is through an act of God, and we are currently experiencing an act of God. So, <laughs> now that's very true, actually. To be fair, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just gonna sit here smiling, boys, because. <laughs> The way this season's unfolding, anything could happen, couldn't it? This, be, at this point, at this point, Southampton could win the league. There's going to be there's going to be, like there's going to be like a stealth champion, isn't there? Like you won't see him for ages, and right at the end they'll they'll shoot out. Yeah, hey, I got a, I got a spoiler. going to win the league. I got a spoiler for you, Baker. It's not going to be Newcastle. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's true. Can we quickly talk about Liverpool's kit? Ah, oh, grim, isn't it? Oh, it oh, was. Rubble. I thought it was like supposed to be like a swimming pool reflection or something. It was awful. <laughs> I don't understand what the what the pattern actually is. You know what? There's there's three clubs this season in the Prem which have got absolutely fucking dross kits. Cities, I think it's City's third one. Paisley like, one. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the Wolves one, which we've already mentioned a couple of weeks ago, which is just paint splatter again. And then this Liverpool one is is just as bad as them. I mean mate, saying that, I mean City's home one, I think. What what's with the whole like mosaic thing? Do you know what I, I mean? know. I yeah. I don't get that either. I know. I'm not sure, mate. It's the season of weird results and fucking weirder kits. I mean, <laughs> oh, if we're, if we're talking kits for a sec, I do want to give a shout out to the, uh, is it the Wolves uh, away kit? The kind of maroon and green one. Oh, yeah. I was just, just going to say I that. I thought it was a nice nod to their kind of Portuguese roots. Yeah, true, actually. Yeah, I know which one you're on about now. Yeah. Are they are they roots now? <laughs> yeah, mate. Oh, <laughs> rooted in the club now, mate. Oh, yeah, Nuno's yeah. been there that long, Sorry. right? Let me let me rephrase that. It's a nice nod to their Portuguese backhanded business, mate. <laughs> the famously Portuguese heavy city of Wolverhampton. Oh. Um, you know, I mean, I, I was just going to say that as well. I've, I, quite, I quite like they, they've acknowledged they've acknowledged it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd, I don't mind Fulham's home kit this year. You know, I think that's quite nice. Moving on, Southampton's is pretty good too. Oh, and I quite like Brighton's home kit, actually. Although the way the colours and the little collar on it and the fact that a lot of their players look like they're about 14 does make it look like a school uniform. It looks like a PE kit, doesn't it? Yeah, I do like it, though. (laughs) So on to the extras, other news bits that we've... That we've got, Jimbo. You said you've Mate, got. No, a couple no, no. Of... I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. We should call this extra time. Hey, extra hey. time, mate. We've already got it there in the bag, mate. Oh man. Um, you you've got a couple of little um little bits which you said about um, you know, best moments of the year with this being the first show of of twenty twenty one. You you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I just thought we maybe do a little year in reflection and and favorite moments from the last year or, or the season um a couple of Can highlights I... from me 
Oh, it might just be like a signing, just a single thing like that, yeah, because you know yeah, where go I'm going. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm good. Go on, Jumbo. Uh, a couple for me, probably the 7-1 Liverpool-Villa result. Thought that was, how often do you see that, let's be honest. Yeah. And then probably being selfish, uh, probably our second goal against Arsenal. Sonny's absolute in-swinger from like, 30 yards out or whatever it was great that was filth that was to be yeah. fair yeah Baker any special moments you can think of in 2020 I'm not going to shock either of you when I say neither of them involved Newcastle <laughs> but I think my genuinely my favourite one was sitting in my front room watching uh, Dortmund Schalke as the first game back after the first lockdown and, I, and yeah, just, man. Just, <sighs> just, just just having football back was absolutely Mate, I was other, literally going to say that <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, and the, the other one was again sitting in the same room, which is like we all do, sitting in the same fucking place, uh, and watching. It was a Champions League quarter final when Bayern smashed eight past Barcelona because it's one of those, one of those games when you think where you just you know something's going to happen. It's like like the only, the only game I can compare it to is when Brazil got spanked by Germany in 2014, and you just yeah. start thinking that it just gets more and more ridiculous, and every each goal goes in, you think this cannot get any worse. It's going to get worse. Oh man, it was such a fucking. Such a weird game to watch, but I'm glad that I that, watched it live. That feels about brutal, three years man. ago, man. No, it does. Yeah. It? <laughs> it was brutal. That game was. I mean, if we're if I'm going to go with favourite moments, I, I was going to go with uh, Dortmund Schalke, but I'll go with Arsenal City, where that one of them first games back was uh, after the, the yeah the lockdown. That was great. Just football back and just just amazing to just have something to concentrate on on the weekends rather than fucking looking at coronavirus figures right mm. and again sorry to be selfish boys but yeah the signing of Bruno that was a that was a turning point for me mate uh, I, I saw a little article I, I think this is getting blown out of proportion quite a lot but uh, they were saying oh is he the new Cantona mm. it's, a, it's a big claim that isn't it I can't remember who it is on the, the Sky Sports uh, app, a little article on there. I can't remember. Mate, the every time it, you but... talk about Fernandez, it's like death by a thousand cuts, mate, honestly, because <laughs> we were so close to signing him. I, every time you talk about it, a little piece of me dies. Every time he talks about it, Daniel's eyes sort of missed over like he's talking about his one greatest love in life. I know. Mate, it's it's the truth. Jimba, I can see you looking down every now and again. What's the score, mate? Tottenham, Tottenham, Brentford uh, currently going on. Second half's just kicked off. We're uh, one nil up at the moment. I think we need another one, otherwise we're in danger of going to penalties. I seen I seen mm. it's um it's Newcastle legend Musa Sissoko who scored. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and- he's, had, he's had his one goal for the half the decade. <laughs> 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 it was assisted by regular and that kind of sort of brings me on to what I wanted to bring up the COVID uh, protocol breaches by, mm. re- by especially with Tottenham players but by Regulon, Lamella, Lo Celso and West Ham's Lanzini uh, over the Christmas period and do you guys think like should the FA actually be should the FA step in and punish them or should the, should we leave it to the clubs because I think it's, it's happened quite a lot over the last week there's been three stories broken about it and I'm, I mean Guardiola gave a statement about Mendy's one and it was fucking weak shit did you see it and it was just no. like oh because didn't he ask for an escort no, a he, large, he, large he bottom Latina didn't he that's what he requested but Guardiola basically came out and said well he told me that everyone there tested negative and everyone tested negative and we'll deal with it but it's not that's not the fucking point is it yeah that's not the fucking point mate oh. that's like having a pregnancy test and then being like oh I'm not pregnant I'll go and have sex now <laughs> 
but yeah, um, I think from the point of view of three of them players being from my club, um, from what I've heard, this club have fined them an undisclosed amount. No idea. I think the FA should probably should step in and should be some ban or financial um, fine or something like that. Um, to be honest, mate, I never I, with footballers don't bother with finances. They've got so much money. Banning is the only way that really gets through to them, in my opinion. Maybe, yeah. Uh, uh, weird things kind of happened in that Lamella and Lacelso's injured, so he's not in the team. But Lamella has been dropped from everything. Um, mm. And the a sort of weird thing around it is that Regulon spent Christmas Day alone. Um, Mourinho came out and said that he sent him like a, a, a ham for Christmas Day and stuff like this, and that he, he told the dressing room that he was going to be on his own on Christmas Day. So I don't know if it's a bit of a like a they felt a bit sorry for him. So oh it's okay we'll let you off. Whereas the other two got families, got kids. It's a bit more like you kind of knew what you were doing, sort of thing. I don't that's know. Just that's just irresponsible from yeah. from a point of view of having a family and kids. I think. But you're right. Maybe to be fair, it, in respect of Regulon, it is pretty shit for a young lad to come into a completely different city and then like, bet you like you said, spending Christmas Day on your own. That is. Um, yeah, it's pretty shit. hard, that is, isn't it? It's shit, yeah. But how many other millions of people are doing exactly the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. And and and, 100%. and the thing is, like, I don't, I don't blame any, I don't really sort of blame any of these lads because they're they're young and they got families and they want to, you know, they want to sort of do something with their time. But it's just the sort of the optics to give off is that they don't think the rules the rules apply to them. And 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 it's just especially over especially over the last Christmas we had when Boris kind of shat on it. It wasn't like it it wasn't the best PR, I'd say. The thing is though, like it's obviously wrong, and you like you've got to chastise it, and it's awful, and it should be punished. I can see why it happens. Yeah. Like these people exist in a bubble where all they do is play football, all they do is train. They get their meals prepped for them. They get their houses cleaned for them. They don't have to deal with anything else. So I can see why they're like, oh, this is fine. I'm in a bubble. This is like, this is what it is. I can, having said that, I obviously think it's a, it's a bad thing. Yeah, I can see why they think it's okay. The thing that confuses me the most about it is that how they broadcast it so much. Like if you, yeah. like just don't, don't take it. I mean, if, if this came out like five months from now and hopefully things are a bit more normal, there won't be outrage. But it's just because it's so fresh that everyone just had this absolute shite time over Christmas. Mm. And, they're go- and they're going around taking photos of them, like them with their wives and kids together having a big party like it's normal. You just think, come on, man. Like, it's not that difficult. I mean, it sucks, but it's not hard. Yeah. Very quickly, uh, Rangers are absolutely tearing it up. I know it's a shit league, but fucking hell. 19 points clear at the top of, of Scotland. I know we've mentioned it once before, haven't we, when Holsgrove was on when they were about 13 or 15 points clear, but Jesus Christ, like, yeah, man. can, I know we've mentioned it before, can we see Stevie G going there eventually? I can, but you know what I'm on about, don't you? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, Celtic were going for 10 straight leagues in there, and so, fair. I mean, fair play to him. I mean, I... I sort of I was, I was a bit sniffy about it to start with, but I think he's proven me wrong because they're doing good in the Europa League as well. They're sort of yeah, and they don't have the best squad from what I can see. So I mean, that's off that's off to him. Yeah, he's getting Scott Arfield playing unbelievable. Like <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like the just just Stephen Gerrard winning winning a league just feels like wrong to say. So I know, right? <laughs> seeing him do it, it would be a crazy one. It's um, the, end, the end times. Well, mate. Who knows? It's coming up, isn't it? If he, if he if he goes to Liverpool and wins the league with them, I think the whole city of Manchester is on suicide watch. Oh. Don't even say it, man. Don't even <laughs> say it. 
I can't think. I can't think of anything worse than Liverpool winning another league, mate. <laughs> right on the back of that, boys. We. I mean, I don't know how I can introduce these. There's uh, Baker's got a couple of little links which we've had, which is basically just really nice goals which we wanted to share. I mean, Jimbo, do you want to share these on on a uh, on Twitter? I'll, I'll maybe share some on Instagram. But yeah, sure. Um. Yeah, there's some real nice goals. I do, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the lad from Nor- uh, from Norwich. Um, well, Wendia. Get- Wendia. Wendia. <laughs> right. Okay, that's how you say it. It's probably when- like the least hard one on there. I was going to say that everyone else is hard. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Nadiem Amiri, Nafael Lie, Umar Sadiq. Yeah, Umar Sadiq's well easy. What's this? The Brexit podcast? Just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, say the rest of them, mate. You go for it. I mean, uh, def- definitely, I'd say Nadia Mary's goal for Leverkusen against Frankfurt is early, early shout for Puskas because he he does a, he nut he nutmegs a Garner Cruyff turn and then back heels it past the keeper. It's absolutely unreal. For some reason, I was flicking through BT Sports, so I saw it live, and it was fucking jump out of my chair. It was insane. Here we go, boys. Last, uh, last hurrah, isn't it? Uh, 2021, first, first step done, boys. Uh, yeah, lovely stuff. Thank you very much for uh, for joining. Uh, quick shout out. We've got, we've got a couple of guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, Joey, a Burnley fan, coming up in two weeks, and Tom, a City fan, next week coming up. Um, so yeah, tune in, check us out, and um, give us a, a listen on Spotify. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, Jimbo, you told me that someone's donated ten pounds to us. So, if anyone feels kind, donate money. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys, and, and thanks for uh, helping. Yeah, I've got more stuff people need to do. Go on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just tell, just tell people about the podcast. Basically, if you enjoy it, then tell your mates about it because that's the biggest way we can grow uh, our listenership. Which is all more people listen every week. So yeah, just tell your pals and that, innit? And share stuff. Thank you. <laughs> tell your pals and share stuff. Yeah, right. Tell your fucking pals. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in London too long, Jimbo. Uh yeah. Baker. As always, mate, it's been a pleasure not to see your face, but to at least hear your voice. Likewise, mate. I'm investing the camera soon, don't worry. <laughs> uh right, thanks very much for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye.